When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by James McKenzie and Lawrence Lawrence Connolly for what should be a big, busy week. There's a lot of people out there getting a bit busy, Lawrence, and our headline, our tagline, despite the drama from elsewhere, Ange will cancel out all the noise. And um, I love the way Ange goes about his business. Uh, obviously, every day you're, you're reading news stories about who's saying what. That is just drama for Ange Postacoglu. Who's not interested in all that nonsense, is he? Listen, he's got to lose a focus. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help him put a better team in the park. So he doesn't care. No. It's just like, nothing to do with making Celtic better. I don't care. Uh, you know, and that's what you want. And that's why he achieves his results, isn't it? He doesn't get tried any other things. 
it's all about putting a better football team in the park and making us no better. And it's paying dividends in spite of the application of some technology. Yeah, that, that unfortunately will be the point of discussion at some point today. Uh, we do have Liam coming in from Japan. We want to talk about the uh, mooted Japanese tour as well. Liam will have his finger on the pulse and he is joining us from Japan. How are you doing, sir? Extremely good, cold, Liam? and I'm sorry I'm a wee bit late. My computer decided to go all panties on me. So uh... <laughs> It must be cold. Uh, I can actually I hear you rubbing your hands. I can hear you rubbing your hands in the background there. Um, it must be cold for you, mate. Listen, it's a massive week. It's the uh, 77th League Cup final, Celtic versus Rangers. There's a, a complete uh, change in terms of the actual look of the side between uh, the one that uh, we'll, we will have on the field on Sunday compared to the one against Hibs last season. And I'm sure there'll be a few players in there looking to prove something or make up for lost time or a lost final. But in terms of... The Ange Postacoglu factor, James, I'll come to you uh, secondly. Um, I really do admire his approach. Now, often I think during press conferences, it may just come across as he just, he's not interested in the questions he's being asked. Sometimes that's because the questions aren't great. Um, but all around him, you've got all this noise and all this drama. And it's almost as if there are certain people out there, and I'm sure we all know a few like this, who when they're not getting attention, they've got to say something controversial. They've got to try and you know, stick the boot in somewhere along the line. And that's all happening across the road. That's not happening at Celtic Park. How impressed are you with the way Ange deals with this kind of thing, James? Yeah, well, when you're nine points behind in a title race, I suppose if the tactics on the field aren't working to catch up, mind games is maybe the next best thing to go for. But Ange, he's like Gerwin Price at the World Start Championship, got the the ear defenders on blocking out all the noise. But unlike Gerwin Price, Ange is winning. He's keeping Celtic going and we're winning at a canter. Phenomenal performances along the way, advanced in the cup. He's not letting any of it phase him in the media when there's questions which past Celtic managers perhaps would have bit on, would have took the bait. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's the headline there, Angie blocks it out. And instead of a, a big headline in the media, we're getting a funny wee Twitter video with Angie's media put down. So uh, I'm liking the approach of Ange to the media. The thing is, uh, we've seen this, Liam, since he's come to Scotland. You've seen it prior to that, obviously, uh, with his career over in Japan. We shouldn't really be surprised at the way that he deals with it. But it's almost as if the more he ignores it, the more he gets about his own business without focusing on it, the more angry the people involved become. Um, it's almost the, the more attention-seeking they become, uh, Liam. But as I said before, you shouldn't be surprised. You've seen all this before over in Japan, haven't you? Yeah, well, the, the the thing is that um, you know, I as well as being a, a Celtic fan, I'm also a school teacher, and a lot of the times I do liken the behaviour of the Scottish press to uh, school children having a tantrum. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, give me t- give me the story that I want. No, that's not what I want. Give me that story, and Ange just will not budge. He is the kind of look. I'm in charge. I run this show. If you can't handle the way I'm doing it, cheerio. And I think that's the way he deals with the press. That's the way he deals with players as well, I think, as we've seen Mm. with certain exits in recent times. And uh, I think it's a really excellent and quite... um, It's a breath of fresh air for for the Scottish game, but it's also a rocket right up the backsides of these journalists who for far too long have had it their own way. 
No, you're right. And um, obviously with your background as well, you know how that whole operation works and how it's all about attention. And these days, more so than ever, attention so that you can get the clicks because clicks equals ad revenue. And that's what they're all about. Again, we wake up to another story this morning that a snout has said and is leaving in the summer. Lawrence, what do these guys know about sources and snouts? Listen, Liam touching stuff is uh, you know, like dealing with school children. And it maybe shows the, the level of journalism they're capable of. You know, they're looking for a, Celtic, a bad story about Celtic, a good story about Rangers. That's what we'll do, and that's what we'll do. And Rangers will feed us the good stories, and we can tell you how bad an ex-Celtic player slagging them off, their manager's going to move, they're going to sell all their best talents. They seem incapable of any investigative journalism of writing something relevant to what's happening on the park about the huge issues facing Scottish football. We're the only country where refs don't have to, you know, declare their allegiance. Peter Grant reckons it's 90% of games are refereed by Rangers fans. <clears throat> they don't see a problem with that. But, they, you know, what's their acceptable or what percentage becomes beyond the pale for them? Would it be 100% of games refereed by Rangers fans? Would that be fine? Why aren't they looking into this, you know? UEFA, FIFA, they talk about integrity and fairness in sport. And you, know, you need that perception of fairness. I think those, everyone, bar one club, agrees that there's no perception of fairness in Scottish football. But the journalists that many cover this don't even see it as an issue. No. You I know, mean, imagine being that investigative London. journalist. You would be standing alone, Lawrence, at this moment in time. Um, and, and by the way, what would follow is uh, the plaudits uh, that you would get both from Scottish football fans, your peers elsewhere uh, within the industry. Um, There's one guy which is on it, Michael Stewart now and again, doesn't he? I think you're also the man in the Scotsman. The man in the Scotsman. Andrew Smith. Andrew Smith. I've got to say a big shout out to Andrew. What's his job? Yeah. Stewart was censored the BBC for coming mm-hmm. out saying it's not that Rangers get decisions, it's that they always get them. <laughs> you know, mistakes happen. We get that, but it can't always favour one team or you've got a problem. Or you've certainly got something you need to look into. But it's the absolute denial that there's anything there that needs to be looked into. I know. And it's also going back to that uh, massive debate we had with John Barnes about unconscious bias as well. Lawrence and the denial that this exists in every walk of life, it's obvious that it does. But I mean, even this week, I don't know. Listen, I've tried to blank it from my memory. Is it an anniversary of Morris Johnson signed for Rangers? Because that's the story they're leading with this week of all weeks. And you think to yourself, come on, man, let's talk about the cup final. And that's let's what talk about the reality of that. There was a ruling on that with football's governing bodies that said he did sign for Celtic. <laughs> you, know, you know, but that's completely ignored by the Scottish press. Listen, this has been through the government bodies and they said, actually, the guy did sign for Celtic. Celtic were right. You know, whether or not, you know, obviously he didn't go into play for us, whether we would have wanted to, you know, whether we had the money's all up for debate. But it was ruled on whether or not he signed for Celtic first. And he did. At which point you'd expect the SFA to come in, discipline a player who's simultaneously signed for two clubs at the same time. You're not allowed to do that. And what did the SFA do? The SFA. Could you imagine if it'd be another way about? I know. It was buried. It was buried. And by the way, I don't want to even give him any more airtime. 
Uh, there's plenty we could say about them. Before your time, James, thankfully for you, my man. Um, yeah, we've got loads to talk about and uh, we want you to get your comments in because there's a, I think there are, even though we're playing so well, like James said at the top of the show, there are a few positions that might be viewed as being up for grabs and I think that comes down to the quality of the squad. I'm going to start with you this time, Liam. Um, where do you think there will be talking points in the, the eve of the game when Kevin McCluskey or whoever is joining me for the pre-match, because I won't be at the game, unfortunately, um, are talking about the, the predicted lineups? Where do you think the discussion point is? Well, I think hopefully the first discussion point will be when the, the fans unveil a banner saying, uh, Douglas Ross, it was an honest mistake. But that's an honest story. Uh, no, I, I think that the um, the midfield is definitely an area that's still up for debate. Um, Rio Hatate had arguably his best ever game for Celtic at the weekend. They have absolutely ran the show. Mm. But in recent weeks, his form has dipped and Aaron Moy has been sensational. Um, Matt O'Reilly looks like he's coming on to good form now, but he has also been not quite hitting the same standards he did last season. So... You've got players who are, I think at the moment, are all performing well, but it's a question of do you go with the guy who was really, who was doing really well until he got injured or do you persevere with the two guys who really put in a good shift at the weekend there? Um, because, of course, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, this is the, the most challenging team that we're going to face in Scotland. So it's a step up from what, what, you know, from what Aberdeen posed at the weekend. Yeah, and we might need to adjust our formation accordingly. You know that that's an interesting point. I was just listening to Alison McConnell, who is someone else I, I like uh, to read when she writes her columns. But she was on the PLZ show last night talking about how poor she feels the league is outside the Celtic and Rangers. Lawrence, it's not something that we tend to focus on. We just enjoy beating teams four and five one and four nothing and all that and having an average goals ratio per game of over three goals and all that. Do you think the standard has dipped? Because we've been bigging the game up this year, Lawrence. We've been talking about the fact that, you know, average attendances in all but one stadium are higher than they were last season. Yet um maybe the standard hasn't been as good as we often like it to be. I think the premise of our argument is wrong. Outside the Celtic you know, there's a wider gulf between Celtic and the rest of the teams. The amount of... Even Gordon Dale was joking about it, you know, what, 50 penalties this season for a, a certain player. Yeah, that's the only thing that's keep, keeping this as a manufactured title race. It's the quality of Ange that has raised Celtic way above anyone else in the league. If it wasn't for, goodness knows how many penalties and non-bar decisions, the gap between the rest of the eleven would be a lot closer we would still be way out in front. So I think the premise of that argument's wrong. And it's the difference in quality that Ange has brought. I think it's the quality of the manager compared to everybody else in the league. Yeah, you know, we've got good players, but he's certainly made the... I think he's made the players he's signed step up a level. So I think it's all down to Ange. And I don't think... I mean, you watch Rangers. Geez, this will got, eventually get a penalty against him. It's only their third penalty shout. Yeah, you know, it's... They're not a good Rangers team. And I think if you speak to Rangers fans, they'll admit they're not a good Rangers team. They're getting results that don't stack up against their quality. And I think that's just to keep this, you know, you know a kid on t- title race going. But yeah, she's got a point in that the gap's going in quality between Celtic and the rest, hugely. And I think it's down the edge. I don't think the other teams have dipped in quality. 
look at some of the young players that have come through and went abroad, that's due to the quality in the teams the rest of Scotland. When was the last time they were sending players to Italy in such numbers? You know, playing Serie A. I think the quality in Scottish football is on the rise as a whole. When was the last time? 1980s, maybe? Yes, I'd say. And it wasn't direct from Scottish football, Lawrence. They, yeah. These guys had gone away down south. You know, Joe Jordan, Graham Souness, etc. Before they went over to Italy. So, so I think the quality of Scottish football is on the rise. And it, it's, it's maybe another part of the journal. journal they've always got an end slant on it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, you talk about how we sell the game in the TV deals. See if you're con- consistently running it down. You can't turn around to a sponsor and go, we want more money. Because you know what, we're, this product's garbage. I don't think it is garbage. No. 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 And, and by the way, with regards to um, the, the gulf between... The two sides, as Lawrence has said there, I think that, um, you know, sometimes people look at the League Cup as the third tournament in Scottish football, and arguably it is. But what I see in terms of a cup final is maintaining a momentum, right? So if you look at where we are just now, James, right? And Celtic won a double last year. We're going for two in a row. And if you look at the makeup of where we are, as a football club, with the players that we've got, the assets that we've got and the playing staff, the financial stability that we have that's been announced in the last few weeks, and you compare that to our biggest rivals, um, in quotation marks there, what you see is a huge disparity because you've got a squad with Rangers that is going to be dismantled very soon, and it's not going to be done in such a way that Celtic, when we sell a player and, and make money off it, off of the player, that's not going to happen. People are running down their contracts. There isn't going to be that payday. And that means the gap's going to get wider and wider. I think we're in a position at the moment where we could be facing another decade of dominance. Now, people lose their mind when I say stuff like that, even if I say we're going for a treble. But when you compare Celtic and Rangers, that's where we are right now, James. And I think that's why this cup final is extremely important because you don't want that momentum to swing anywhere at any point during the season. Um, Is it a big one for you? Because I think it's massive for Celtic. Yeah, it's absolutely massive for Celtic. You've just got to look at the momentum swing from last season. We were behind, we win the cup final, the boost and the lift that it gives to the players. It gives, not that the confidence wasn't there already, but it assured the players that this team playing this football and this style can get the job done and win trophies. And that spurred us on the second half of the season. We go on a phenomenal win and run. But just on, I think Lawrence was bang on there, there. The, the, the gulf sort of between Celtic and the rest of the league, you've just got to look at the depth that we have in this squad. Fans, yeah. of the league, fans of the other teams in the league, they'll be seeing us bringing 
the players that we bring on off the bench and they're in awe. How do we compete with this? How does our already tired defence, which have been trying to hold back this blistering Celtic attack for 70 minutes, defend against the players that are coming on now on a bad or a Haksabanovic coming on off the bench? And that's just the, the team that Andrew's built and the business he's done. And again, I've got to attribute the way that we've acted. You've got to give credit to the board as well. Josip Juranovic went away. We bring in Alistair Johnson before Juranovic has even gone. Yakimakis, there was some contract issues before Yakimakis has even left the door. Oh, Hyun Gu's coming to the club. It's the way we've acted and the squad that we've built. The players are all happy as well. Mm-hmm. They know that they're not dropped. They're not going to be dropped because the person in front of them is playing poorly. If, if you're going to be in that team, if you're playing consistent good football, and if you aren't, there's players waiting in the wings ready to take your starting place. So it helps keep the standards up as well. He's built a phenomenal sort of atmosphere around the training ground, around the club, and it's hard to see where we get stopped unless the only way I could see us being stopped is if Ange goes, which hopefully isn't anytime soon. But if you're an Australian, if you're an Australian journalist, you're making predictions that he's gone by the summer. Listen, I, I would allay those fears. I'm going to throw this one over to uh, yourself, Liam, once I've had a look at some of the con- the comments coming in, because, you know, there are people who read these stories who become genuinely concerned about them. I mean, the word snout or source or all this kind of thing that's bandied about. I mean, how quality is the snout that's coming away with this information? Um, so I'm going to bring up Paddy Lavery first of all. What's your thoughts on a report from Australia that Angel will leave in the summer? We're going to be briefly talking about that. And James said that that's the only thing that would stop our momentum. I've got a counter-argument to that. Jungle lion, empty vessels and all that. Yeah, make the loudest noise, 100%. Uh, Celtic follower Ange has already stated he wants to improve next season in Europe, so I don't listen to self-confessed in-the-know folk. The way I look at it, Liam, is you know there's been a lot of chat around uh, this entitlement that Celtic have got and Celtic fans have got because we've got money in the bank and we've got the biggest budget and all this kind of stuff. And what we've been talking about over the last few weeks since the uh, release of the financials is that we're not entitled to any of that money. We're not entitled to keep good books or to run a tight ship or to look after our business properly. It's just that we do it. And we've done it over a period of decades, not just one or two seasons. Um, There has been some blips along the way. But if you take it back first to Fergus McCann and then take it in terms of the football domination from Martin O'Neill's tenure as the manager, Celtic rebuilt the club in that period, you know, since McCann took over. When he took over, we had a training park that was one of the worst in the top flight in Scottish football. We were signing players from Kilmarnock who would come to Barfield and couldn't believe how bad it was. Never mind when we we used to offer it to the likes of Ajax in the early 80s and Johan Cruyff rocked up thinking it was some kind of joke uh, that he was going to have to train in a a quagmire. Celtic were not a well-run club, but there was a moment where we became a very well-run club. So every penny that we've got in the bank, every player that we've got at the club has been based on a very well-run operation, Liam. We're not entitled to anything. We earn everything that we win and everything that we earn as well in terms of financials in the bank. Yeah, I mean, whether it's a a case of uh, willful misuse of the word or just a fundamental misunderstanding of the English language, I think journalists in Scotland confuse entitlement with expectation, right? Celtic fans are not entitled 
to expect that we should be winning or seriously competing to win the championship every single year because we are the biggest best financed and now finally best organized club in the country by a massive distance and to touch on something that we, we spoke about a minute ago the one of the fundamental problems in scottish football has been the the drive from the media, the organisational bodies, and let's just say uh, sympathetic parties in wider Scottish society to sustain this narrative that the league cannot function unless we have a strong Celtic and Rangers. No. Celtic need a strong rival. We need a challenge, mm -hmm. right? Does not necessarily have to be a team that wears blue and calls itself Rangers, right? You know, it could be Hearts, Hibs, Dundee United, Aberdeen. You know, these are all teams that historically have given us a challenge in the past. You know, even the even the season when we stopped the 10, Hearts were only, what, three or four points off of Celtic and Rangers by the end of the season. Um, you know, and that was only 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as recently as about 10 years ago, Hearts were finishing above Rangers in the league um, before they financially imploded and died. Um, so they couldn't, they couldn't even use that as an excuse. Um, the The reality is that Celtic have always been a bigger club than than anybody else in Scotland. But it's only now that we have the organisational structure to match the size of the fan base and the size of our commercial and sporting potential. <laughs> yeah. You know what James said there about Ange, and I don't want to to give too much kudos to any report or any snout or information, etc. Um, but with regards to the Ange Postacoglu situation, I think that the period of domination that we've had actually can stretch back to Martin O'Neill. And uh, obviously, I will have the absolute pleasure and privilege and honour of sharing a stage with Martin O'Neill on Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys about that. What one question you would like to ask Martin O'Neill, by the way, because I might ask him it on your behalf. And um, I think since then, right up to the present day, uh, we have had one major, one major blip. There's been a couple, obviously, um, managerial appointments that went wrong, i.e. Tony Mowbray, um, and then the final season under Neil Lennon, which I think a lot of that came down to complacency taking your eye off the ball um, and everything else that happened contributed to it. So, Lawrence, to allay the fears of James and anybody else, what I would say is, no, I don't want Ange out the building anytime soon, but we do have a structure in place. And I don't think it will be a case of, I think it will be a case of once bitten, twice shy. We won't become complacent again. We know what happens if you can become complacent. Um, and the period of domination at Celtic are on, like the previous nine in a row, not the first one, you know, it might be something that the baton is eventually handed over elsewhere. I'm not ready for it just now, but when it does happen, Celtic will be in good shape regardless. Listen, I, I would uh, say the domination goes back to Tommy Burns and Fergus McCann. Rangers had to bring in the wee tax case, which was illegal. The SFA have never ruled on. Yeah. And obviously, Tommy came very close to winning the title. But there was a legal method being employed by the team that won it. 
It goes right back to them, and that was the tax case that put them bust. It wasn't a big tax case, it was a small one. You know, obviously Campbell, Campbell Ogilvy, yeah. heavily involved at the SFA. How far does corruption meet, meet? Who knows? The one big mistake of tap, you know, listen, sometimes you're getting the managers wrong, was I think the change in our strategy in the season, last season under Lenny, and we didn't sell players when they were ready to go. We decided to retain players. We changed our model then. And we forget the guys at the top are all Celtic fans. Peter Lowell, Dermot Desmond, all Celtic fans that said, no, no, we can't, I've got to get a 10. Was it complacency? I'm not too sure if it was complacency. It was a change because they wanted something so bad. And I don't think they'll do that again. They'll, they'll say, we've got a winning model that works, it's proven. We won't change it. What they've done then is changed it and it backfired on them. No. So, yeah, we've got something that works. We've got the biggest stadium, the biggest fan base, as Liam has touched upon. Immediately, that gives us a, a commercial advantage, a financial advantage, one which is legal, you know. You know and it, so, how people are going to overcome that? Who knows? If we ever get round to redoing the main stand, geez, how much more financial power would that give us? So, I think it's a way of life, and certain people need to get used to it. This is the way it's going to be. Oh, I like that. Can we clip that? Use it as a meme. It's a way of life. Get used to it. It's going to listen. We are going to talk about the stadium, but not the, the main stand on this occasion. We probably should look at that and the financial implications of that because it's been a discussion point at fans' forums um, over the years as well, and it's something I'd love to see. The aesthetics would be incredible. The atmosphere would be unbelievable. Um, and obviously, um, an 80,000 stadium seater would be quite uh, incredible as well. Pete McGee, Paddy Lavery, it's just white noise. Like most of the media reports in Scotland, I won't waste my breath giving it any credence. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, Michael McDonald comes in. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Info from a second-rate journal who has info from his snout, who in his own words has on occasion been right. Nothing to worry about, but we should get used to this. Yeah, we're always going to be um, looking at big stories, particularly in the week leading up to a big games. Underwater cabbage salesman, hail, hail, comrades, wee bit of Axel well painting, which reminds me I need to paint the kitchen at some point. Um, so hopefully I'll get an afternoon off and I can do that at, at some point in the near future. Samaras is 38 today. George's Samaras divided opinion. James McKenzie, he was a player who spent seven seasons at Celtic, scoring 74 goals, and 249 appearances. I love the big Greek god. What was your take on him? What was your finest memory of Georges Samaras? Well, I was still quite young when he was playing, but for some reason, I never really fell in love with Samaras like everybody else did. But the game that hangs in my memory was Samaras Sunday. It's arguably his most complete performance. Absolutely phenomenal on that day. And he goes round Alan McGregor to finish it all off. Hall of Famer Alan McGregor. He goes round him to finish it off. It's absolutely phenomenal. He's, if we're talking about cult heroes, George Samaras, I'd say he is a cult hero for Celtic. Now, I never hide my admiration for Samaras. Every time I'm in Greece and I'm in a taxi, I like to talk to the taxi drivers about the big fella, Liam. I loved him. Absolutely loved him. I can see why he divided opinion. Neil Lennon himself said sometimes he didn't fancy it against Ross County away. Um, but you put him up against Barcelona or in a derby match and he just, you know, he came alive. I've, I've never I've never seen a Celtic player 
who had the ability to catch a ball on his chest the way that Samara seemed to be able to do it. Just stuck to him. Um, where, where were you with the big man? Oh, Greece's best export since democracy. No question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I thought he was brilliant. I I loved watching him play. I that the Samurai Sunday we talked about. I watched that in Hong Kong. I was living in Hong Kong at the time. Um, watched it in Hong Kong CSC, um, and that was some night. I can tell you. <laughs> he messaged with Paddy for you, Liam. Yeah, cheers, Paddy. Got it on especially. Um, <laughs> Right, the uh, yeah, j- 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 just for the sake of clarity, the, the sweet skeleton guy in the front is not a zombie. Just want to make that clear, okay? Just in case anybody's worried. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Aye, that that um, that game the, where Samaras absolutely ran the show against Rangers was just uh, such a great memory because I associate it with being one of the best nights out I had in the three years that I was living in Hong Kong, and. Yeah, he was a big part of that. But I think also off the pitch, um, the the friendship, which I think to this day continues between Giorgio Samaras and Wee Jay, is just such a, a heartwarming, mm-hmm. wonderful story that embodies everything about Celtic beyond just the football, you know? I love how the wee guy's just stroking his hair, stroking Samaras' hair, brilliant. <laughs> um, James Devine. Good afternoon, boys. Celtic need to start quick and score quick on Sunday so VAR doesn't make any difference at all. I hope it doesn't because Lawrence will dedicate the entire show next Tuesday to talking about it if it does. John Sweeney, surprise, surprise, negative story coming out with a cup final against them. And we, we ignore and we do the job on Sunday and win this cup. 100%, James. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's we're not naive enough to, to believe the hype, as it were. And K-Matsu, they keep on playing those mind games forever, pushing the narrative, spreading noise. Now, we had um, Lucky and Man up on the, the wall yesterday, obviously played in the Tannoy. I think John Lennon's mind game should be um, on the playlist as well. Uh, with regards to Samaras, I've not asked you yet, Lawrence, what was your um, take on him? Were you for or against Samaras? Was he a hero? Was he a cult hero? Was he somebody that frustrated you? Was he all of the above? Oh, it's going to be all of the above, isn't it? You know, what a player on his day and his debut against Kelly. Oh, just... Mm. Absolute class goal, was it? He was going to buy players, didn't he? As if they went on the park. I know. You remember, you know, Celtic Park, three down to Aberdeen. And I, I, I was saying again, next, we're still going to win this game, don't worry. And sure enough, he seals it with an overhead kick to make it 4 3. It was just unplayable on his day. It was, yeah, I buy a Maverick Samaras, but he was really good for us, I thought, in Europe, in big games, small games. I suppose as you touched on, didn't fancy at times, but he's not the only player that you can. Accuse of that, but he did say something. You know what? Since he's left the club, he could have went elsewhere for more money, but he chose to stay here to win medals. Yes, you know, it's something that you want. I think something that Ange would value in a player. I'm not too sure Sam Rice would get any of Ange's team. I don't know if he's got the work rate, but uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of a belief that would sit well in an Ange team. So that always kind of sticks with us. You know, he stayed with us because he wanted to win stuff. Absolutely. Last word on this subject. Another summer. On you go. I I don't know how it passed my mind because I remember jumping about my living room and going Raj when he scored that. It was the game away to Spartak Moscow, the 3 2 (laughs) game. (laughs) And that injury time winner was just another, as you were touching on the European moments, that's just another one that sticks in my mind, a memory from my childhood. Yeah. And just for all our Japanese listeners, Liam, could you maybe translate the word Raj? 
Maybe uh, let them know what a Raj is. <laughs> I'll let you think about that, right? Yeah. Lucy has the final word on the Ange revelation. Uh, Andy Mayer from Melbourne says he was personally told by Ange that you'll be leaving. Do you honestly think for a moment Ange would personally tell a journalist, regardless of where they are in the world, that, oh, I'm leaving Celtic for Leeds United? I'm sorry, I just don't think there's any credibility to that whatsoever, uh, Lucy. So I agree with you, probably talking rubbish. Um, now, talking of Japanese um, um, tours, Liam, uh, mm. I don't think you've had the opportunity to have a wee chat about this. This was discussed last week on Wednesday, so it was the day after you were on. Um, you would have been due on, and obviously there has now been a tour um, spoken of that would involve Celtic, PSG, Man City and Bayern Munich uh, mm. end of season. What's the chat over in Japan regarding this? Now, I tend to put a bit more stock in this than a lot of other stories that we hear. Um, now, it's not a case of confirmation bias because, of course, I really want this to happen. Um, but uh, also... It's the fact that the Japanese press have covered it. And as I've said before, generally the Japanese media do not start talking about something until it's almost, if not already, a done deal. Um, and looking at the logistics of it, it makes sense. Uh, PSG were in Japan last year, so they'll have a network here. I saw Man City take on Ange Postacoglu's uh, Yokohama back in mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so they have a recent history here um, Bayern Munich are a team that are well known in Japan but do not have much of a following and I know that the Adidas shops um, in Tokyo which as of a couple of months ago finally started selling Celtic home tops um, uh, they've been selling, they've been trying to push Bayern merchandise for quite a while now. So it, from a commercial sense, it would make sense for Bayern to come over to Japan. I think they have been here before, but not for a few years. Um, so that would definitely make sense. I think that the the idea of playing, if, if this happens, I would imagine there would probably be a game in Tokyo, a game in Yokohama and a game in Osaka that would probably be how it would spread out because those play or possibly possibly Saitama um, because those are the places that have the stadiums big enough to accommodate, you know, a 65, 70,000 crowd, which is what you would get for all of those games. Um, so, yeah, it's a big money spinner. It's a massive commercial opportunity. And if anybody from Celtic is listening to this show, please get in touch with me because I have got several ideas about how you can approach the Japanese market here, which you have so far not done particularly well. Um, and uh, it's something that Celtic can really, really capitalise on. You know, we did have that one game in Japan shortly after we signed Shinsuke Nakamura, but that Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Seemed at the time more like a contractual obligation rather than an actual attempt at marketing. Whereas now we've got a manager who knows the Japanese scene, we hopefully have or in the process of recruiting people that understand the Japanese commercial market. Um, we have a TV deal, which means that every time a Celtic game is on Sky, it's also on cable TV over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really are, there, there will not be a better time for Celtic to push into the Japanese market than now. So this tour if it doesn't go ahead, it is the biggest missed opportunity since that Ronnie Rosenthal sitter back in the early 90s. Um, <laughs> that was a shocker. Yes. <laughs> that was a shocker. Listen, I, I just think it would be great for Axon to get in on it as well and come over to Japan and um, maybe do some live live broadcast. It won't be from your wee room there because you'll have moved house by then, Liam, but um, yeah, it would be good cheap. to go over. What I'm looking for now is the Axon logo that you can see in the top right of your screen, but I want it in Japanese, Liam. You can sort that out for me, right? Um, right. And we'll come over and cover the games. Now, Mark, we're talking about the, the lineup. There's going to be some discussions. Mark believes we play the players in form, not re- reputation. I think the difficult selection, if you're doing that, is O'Reilly stroke Moy and rampant rampant Lions, O'Reilly has been on the periphery of games this season, needs to be at the heart of it. Moy has done enough to start, hope he starts. I want to talk about it. That is one of the discussion points, Lawrence Connolly. Um, Who do we go for? Is it Matt O'Reilly? Is it Aaron Moy? We made the change last time round, didn't seem to work out that well against Rangers. Moy has been in blistering form since the World Cup, but O'Reilly started at the weekend. Moy might not be 100%. How do you play it? Moy's fit at start. Yeah, over the right, it's starting a little And uh, I think you touched on it when we went to Ibrox, you know, we went the other way. I think with the team of points, if it's starting Moy. So I, I think, yeah, we start Moy. You start with, with Moy. What's your take on it then, James? Because I'm a fan of both players, but for completely different reasons. Um, I understand the point. I don't think O'Reilly has been over the piece as good this season as he was last, but I don't think he's playing particularly badly to be fair. I think that what's happened is the standard of uh, others around him is kind of putting him in the shade a wee bit. Um, going into the game on Sunday, who do you pick, O'Reilly or Moy? I'm going for Aaron Moy. If Aaron Moy is fit, then Aaron Moy's got to start. I think O'Reilly, he's not been as good as he was 
for that sort of six-month period last season. But I think a lot of that's down to the fact they had to sacrifice a bit of his game to fill into Cal McGregor's boots while Gregor was out injured. We always see the stat flashed up on the Sky broadcast. Matt O'Reilly, most shots without a goal this season. He got his goal, but it was in the cup. So that stat's still going to be flashed up and playing over his mind. But I would have to go Adam Moyes' form since the turn of the break. It's been absolutely phenomenal. It was, as long as touched, I made a mistake to play Matt O'Reilly in that derby game at Ibrox. And it, we would have been much better served with Adam Moy in the team. We saw when Adam Moy got subbed on, he played a big part in the eventual equaliser. No, for sure. I mean, it is one of the talking points. I mean, some of the other positions on the park seem to pick themselves at the moment, Liam. I think we've all got an idea of what we think is the strongest Celtic 11, uh, the starting 11. The only real doubt is obviously that that position was one that was changed last time round. We drew two each, as, as James quite rightly says. Moy was out at the weekend with an injury. Apparently he's back training today. Um, and I just think that you know, for me, I, I'm going to agree with James. I'm going to agree with Lawrence. I, I'm I'm starting with Aaron Moy on the weekend, and I just think not because O'Reilly's played particularly badly, Liam. I don't think he has played particularly badly, but on Moy's form and what he's done and the impact he's made, um, if you get 70 minutes out of him at that level, you've also got the option of bringing O'Reilly on. What's your take? Yeah, I totally agree because I think that. Um, this game is going to be about the squad as much as it is about the uh because t- if you look at the you know the games that we've played against Rangers so far this season every time we've played them we've picked up a major injury pretty early on in the game mm-hmm. um because well when we play them they are allowed to basically foul with impunity that's just that's just the way it is in Scotland um so I think that we start with Aaron Moy because, one, he is physically a bit tougher than O'Reilly, so he's more likely to uh, keep going if uh, if those mutants start putting the boot in. Um, sorry, mutants, that, that's wrong. I apologise if any mutants are listening and were offended by that. Um, <laughs> Don't ever apologise to Tuttles. <laughs> um, but, no, um the, the 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 thing is that the uh the the whole squad game you know if um if Hatati is having a rough time swap him out for Turnbull gives you a similar option right uh if Moy is having a hard time of it swap him out for O'Reilly um you also have the option of if we are two or three goals up and want to just show it up bring on Iwata I thought he looked very good at the weekend when he came on yeah um you know, and I think that we have multiple options there for the midfield, but I think the best starting three is Hatate, Moy and McGregor. And that is how I would set out. I think the only reason that we played as badly as we did in the New Year game, and we still came away with a draw, remember, that was the worst that Celtic had played in months, and they still couldn't beat us. Um, You know, I think it was the lack of Aaron Moy in the centre, and I also think it was the injury to Greg Taylor. Yeah. Um, and playing Juranovic, who, with the greatest respect to him, had one eye on the exit door already. Um, you know, not necessarily his fault, I just think mentally he wasn't at the races that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is not a mistake we're going to make again. 
Um, Greg Taylor is back. He is looking in superb form. He will absolutely dominate down that left. Him and Maeda, I think, could be the the link up there. That's another question. I think who would be your your front your front three? Because I think if Kyogo is fit, you've got to start him. Mm-hmm. Um, o is looking good when he plays, and he's got his goal now. He's opened his account. Um, but again, I think he's an impact sub for the time being. Um, you've then got Abada, who has not been great the last couple of games, but he is still getting in there and doing the job. Um, Jota is just, well, he's Jota. <laughs> and uh, then you've got Maeda, who is the sort of player that I think particularly in derby games where it can be a bit stodgy and physical at times, he will run them ragged, which is why I would start with him and perhaps keep Jota on the bench to bring on, run at tired legs later on and maybe win some free kicks or <laughs> possibly even a penalty if I'm being very, very optimistic. That That's interesting um, because I think Jota is a point of discussion. He was talking about the fact that he's got this regret from last season. He was injured, of course, against Hibs in the final last year. We'll remember that final for the uh, the nature of Kugel's goals, which were just sublime. Um, but I think that if you look at the makeup of the team, disagree, shout out if you disagree with us. The midfield, we've all agreed. Uh, the midfield, McGregor, Hatati, and Moy. I think the defence, I'm going to say picks itself. Based on form, we know what it is. It's the, the, the defence that started against Aberdeen and obviously Joe Hart. And then, as Liam says, it's just really the front three. And I don't think I think Kyogo um, is on the bench. He starts. So then it's a question yeah, of who you play all. left and right. You'd start all. Start with, with a with a fit Kyogo, yeah, more physical against him. I think it's going to be needed. I'd start all. You drop him. your top goal scorer. Yes, I'd have Maeda, all and Jota. That is controversial. Controversial. Mm. I I don't think I'm I don't think that. I would I would be dropping Kyogo. Twenty two goals this season. The man's on form. Mm. I wouldn't be dropping him. I think it's going to be a case of oh, it's magic. <laughs> if he comes mm. on, I'm happy with that. But I yeah, thought the big discussion. Physicality, to be honest, against him, I think he's shown up well. He's got his goal, and yeah. I was are you with. are you looking, Lawrence, at what Yakimakis used to do at the Rangers' defence in terms of that physicality? Well, I, I think he was a better player than Yakimakis from what I've seen him so far. But I'm thinking if you start having Maeda, you get out of the front three. A, you've got a good bit of physicality. It allows you to start Jota, who's <clears throat> not as physical. So I think it, give, it gives you that balance. But if you start in the air, Kyogo Yota, you're lacking a bit of physicality there. And I think O's going to give you that. So, yeah. That's right. O, Jota, Maeda. The grenade has been thrown in, James, by uh, Lawrence Conley there. I was just about to say that uh, we're all in agreement with the midfield and the defence. And I thought everybody would agree with Kyogo, but fair play, Lawrence has come in with something completely different. Um, the wingers, you've got loads of options, as Liam was saying. You've got Haksabanovic even, Abada, Forrest, who started the last game against Rangers, Jota, Maeda. I'm going Maeda left, Jota right. Uh, James, what's your... And Kyogo through the middle, of course. What's your what's your take on the forward line? Yeah, I've been agreeing with the always neutral Lawrence Connolly old podcast, but I've got to disagree <laughs> here. I think, I think this is the real debate, the front three. I think Moy... And O'Reilly, I think that's an obvious one. I think I've got to go on Moya. I think the real debate is Abada or Maeda. Because we know how Abada plays against Rangers. He's 
chipped him. How many goals he gives Barisic an absolutely torrid time? Yeah. He always causes problems. But then again, Maeda and the work that he does, he scored in the last derby. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. That's the real debate, but I don't think you can drop your top scorer. Kyogo's got to play. I don't think he needed the physicality when he scored the late equaliser at Ibrox. He didn't need it then, and he's not going to need it in the cup final. I'd go Kyogo, Jota, and then I think, I think I'm going to go Abada. I'd, right. I don't think he's been off the boil recently. It's just he's not really had the minutes. When he's come on, he has shown that he still has the quality there. Abada, he's good enough to start the team, much like the other sort of depth players, if you want to call them that, are. And he'll be ready to step in if he's called upon. I would personally start him. It's going to be interesting when that uh, lineup is announced, Lawrence. Do you have a snout? Is that why you're saying, oh, it's going to start? I don't know. We'll find out. You have to be right with these lineups. You have to be fair. Um, an hour before kick-off, we will find out what Ange Apostokoglu um, is thinking and who he has selected to play in the League Cup final. Ange's second League Cup final, of course, since he came to Scotland. Um, Martin O'Neill was the subject of conversation earlier on, Liam, because um, I will be joined by Martin on stage at Barazat and Design in Glasgow. Looking forward to seeing everybody who's coming along. I'll be sending out an email just confirming times for anyone who's bought VIP tickets, etc., um, and I'll be doing that to every ticket buyer. At the beginning of the show, I said if you could think of one question to ask Martin O'Neill, what would it be? Have you got one, Liam? Yep, I would. Um, I would like to ask him uh, how much of his managerial style was informed by the time he played under Brian Clough, and what were the most important lessons that he took from Clough forward into his own managerial career. Because Brian Clough is a, a big hero of mine, so yeah, I know. I mean, I've read a couple of the um, biographies of Cloughy, and I've also read the Damned United, which I loved as well. Um, and he does he does talk about the fact that he didn't get on a lot of the time with Cloughy, did he, Martin O'Neill? So it will be an interesting uh, conversation to have. How much of that he took uh, into his managerial career? What about yourself, Lawrence? If you could ask Martin O'Neill one question, what would it be? One question for Martin. Yeah. I think it'd have to be with Hearts and have made the difference. Well, this is a big one of the big discussion points about Seville. Uh, almost 20 years ago, uh, you know, if Hartson had played... Um, I've heard loads of people criticising Rab Douglas. I've heard people criticising Bobo. Had he not been sent off, the what-ifs... You know, all these what-ifs. I even heard Lubo Moravchik recently, Lawrence, saying that he wished he had stayed an extra year. He believes he might have given us something a wee bit magical that night. Um, great great question. Uh, what about yourself, James? Um, I recently watched Martin O'Neill on the Celtic View podcast that they do on the Celtic YouTube channel, and it was he had a lot of good things to say about the current squad that we have today. So I would get him to compare his Seville team to the team we have nowadays, We've done a combined 11 out of those two teams before in the podcast, but I'd like to hear what Martin O'Neill would think. I doubt he's going to drop any of his team that got him to Seville, but it's a good question that you could pose to him. It is a very good question, uh, indeed. Now, you were talking earlier on about the the main stand being redeveloped, I think, in my lifetime. Um, 
Hopefully I've got about another couple of decades to go in my lifetime. We will see it being uh, redeveloped. But there was chat last week. You guys haven't had a chance to talk about it because it came at the tail end of last week, Liam, about the Celtic end. Um, and there's a number of groups involving uh, the Green Brigade, of course, whose hood are you are wearing, um, as well as the boys, Celtic and the North Curve. And they have come together for this initiative, which is the Celtic end. They have uh, an idea. They have a an objective to try and make the extension of the standing section, um, you know, the entirety of the bottom tier of the Celtic end. And we had a wee chat with Martin on Friday about that, Liam. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts on that? How do you think it would improve the the atmosphere? How well received do you think it would be by the general Celtic uh, match going public? I think if there's enough fans that um, that say they want to do it, then go ahead and do it. As long as it can be done safely, go ahead and do it. Um, and the likes of uh, Man United is a good example of how it can be done safely because despite Old Trafford being an all-seater stadium, the what I would call the, the hardcore support of Man United, which is probably about maybe a third of the stadium, um, they, they will, as a general rule, just stand for most of the game. Um, and it's why Old Trafford is one of the few stadiums in England that still has a decent atmosphere, in my opinion. Um, as the English League has become more commercial, it's attracted more of a tourist class. Tickets have become too expensive, and Man United is one of the very few teams, um, along with, I would say, Liverpool as well, to be fair, and West Ham, that I think have managed to maintain a proper atmosphere in their stadium um, and West Ham it's in spite of the stadium they're in because the stadium they're in is not well designed for um, for making noise at all it's it's an arena not a stadium um, but uh, yeah I think that it's a great idea I think um, obviously the fact that it's got this far means that I hope the feasibility studies in terms of safety and compliance have already been if not carried out, then, you know, looked into and seen that it would not be an issue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I say go for it. My one concern, now I'll, I'll preface this by saying that obviously, you know, I'm wearing the hoodie. I'm a great I'm a great supporter of all the work the Green Brigade do in terms of generating an atmosphere, in terms of their charity work, in terms of their political activism, um, and in terms of their, you know, calling certain referees certain names that they will, you know, undoubtedly deserve to be called. Um, the uh, the only issue I have with them, and again, you know, I'm not going to tell them how to run their show because it's not, you know, it's not my place, but the pyro. I think if we're going to have a big standing section, the pyro needs to be dialed back because that stuff, yes, there are, vet, there are ways to do it safely, but if you're an asthmatic or if you have any kind of respiratory condition, any kind of pyro going off anywhere near you is going to pose a risk. Um, so I would hope that that could be, you know, if they want to do that, again, let's have it done, but let's have it coordinated. Let's have it done safely. And let's do it with the support of the club. Because um, this is where not just the Green Brigade, but, you know, supporters groups in general at away games as well as at Celtic Park have historically butted heads with the club when it comes to the use of pyro. Um, because I think it's a spectacular thing when you can do it properly. 
<laughs> but quite often, particularly at away games, it it just looks like some wee drunk guy with a flare in his hand, which is dangerous. And I think that's where, as as a fan collective, we have to self-police that better. By all means, do it, but do it safely. Make sure it's away from any old people or any people who, with conditions that might be at risk. Um, and again, this is all stuff that can be, you know, organised and coordinated once the approval for the standing section is given. Say to people, right, okay, do you have a condition that this might that might be affected by this? Okay, in that case, we'll move you a wee bit further away. You can still stand, but you're not going to be right in with the Green Brigade. You know, that, that that's the sort of stuff that can be that can be overcome as long as there's a willingness to communicate. Mm-hmm. The problem is that historically, when it comes to particularly the Green Brigade, the club seem to ad- adopt this very much like we say you do attitude, the kind of stern headmaster attitude, which does not, it's not how you talk to people, especially a group of people as informed and opinionated as the Green Brigade. Um, they're not going to tolerate being talked down to. And I really don't think they should. No fan group should. So the club need to engage with this proactively. It's a great idea. I've yet to really hear hear Celtic as a club say a lot about it beyond the fact that they are considering it. Mm -hmm. So I really want to see the club come out and say, okay, here's our concerns. If you can address these concerns, we'll take this forward. There needs to be better dialogue between fan groups and the club. That's the one area where we are still a wee bit disjointed. You know, player recruitment is great. The manager is great. The commercial side, they are slowly but surely getting their act together on that. Celtic TV is still an absolute shambles, but (laughs) that's always going to be the case, I think. Um, But, uh, you know, I really think that reaching out to the fans, we have a fan liaison officer. I think we should have a fan liaison team. Yeah. This is more than just one man's job. Mm -hmm. There should be an entire department at Celtic devoted to, to... improving and maintaining the fan experience. Yeah. I mean, I remember Kevin Graham done an interview for a Celtic State of Mind probably four, maybe even five years ago. And um, he interviewed two of Feyenoord's SLOs. And at that time, I think they had between four and six. Mm. Um, And that was back then. And we've we've not progressed since that that moment. So I totally agree with that. Um, I'm going to come back to you for predictions before I let you go, Liam. But uh, I'm going to ask uh, Lawrence, first of all, about the Celtic end, the initiative. What's your thoughts on it? I never thought the old board would be right, mate. I I, I can remember when the the old stadiums were getting built and stands were getting built in Scotland and the old board were... Lawrence, you've... uh, You've gone into the abyss. Which, uh, you, you've frozen there. Right. You froze there, mate. You were just saying that the old board were right. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yeah, remember uh, when we were talking about uh, the old Celtic Park and 
would we put seats in? Should we seat the jungle? And he says, oh, no, no, our fans want to stand. We much prefer it. Apparently they were right. So, yeah, listen, I, I think it's a much more enjoyable experience as a fan when you stand. Maybe because that's what I was all... Well, we just to start going to games uh, too. So, yeah, hopefully they move ahead and, and do it. I think it will definitely add to the atmosphere. Seating, watching football, you know, you talk about players getting bums off seats. You know, maybe that's a Stuart Slater quote, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it, stand, yeah, definitely. They should go for it. They should embrace it. Right. Nice one. That's two eighty two. I'm all for it. I spoke about it last week. What about yourself, James? Uh, a younger element to the Axom team. What's your take on it? As long as it fits the sort of safety precautions, anything that can improve the atmosphere at Celtic Park should be welcomed with open arms. I'm a big admirer of the yellow wall at Dortmund and the way they do things over there. So if we could implement some sort of similar thing to what they've got going, I think it would be great for Celtic. As long as everyone's in the same wavelength as well, because Something I picked up, I'd, I'd treat my dad to hospitality tickets for Christmas. It was the first time I'd been over at that end. You've got the boys in the Green Brigade at either side of the stadium, and there's two different songbooks going at the same time. It's, it gets quite confusing. If you can get everybody on the same wavelength, the same songbook in the one section, it could be it could be something absolutely brilliant, something special, especially on those European nights. Yeah, singing from the same hymn sheet, I think, is uh, the term that we need to use. Liam, I want a prediction from you, but before I get that, tell me all about Celtic Down Under. Where are you guys found? When do you broadcast? And then you can tell me what you think is going to happen on Sunday. Right, well, Celtic Down Under, um, we have recently expanded our operation. We are now doing shows Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, And uh, we are a collective of fans across the... I guess you could say the Australasian area. There's myself up in Japan. Uh, there's quite a few guys down in Australia. And we've been running the show for a couple of years now. Well, I've been on board with the show for a couple of years. It was running before that. Um, and uh, yet yeah, we like to talk about Celtic from the perspective of the overseas supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd like to think that even if you are back in Scotland, you might be interested to hear what we have to say. So yeah, you can um, you can find us um, on YouTube, Celtic Down Under. Just uh, find our channel, give us a, a fo- give us a subscribe and a, a follow, whatever you call it. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, and we will. Uh, the Wednesday shows are streamed uh, live, um, usually a couple hours before before the bulletin, because we know better than to try and compete with Axon. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah um, the Monday Tuesday shows at the moment we are still kind of playing with the format there so that is being pre-recorded then put up later but going forward those shows will be live as well so watch this space there will be an update on the schedule in the next week or two Brilliant and what about your prediction Liam? Can't let you go before giving us a prediction for Sunday Oh you see I'm, I'm dying to break out my Mr T impression here you know my my prediction, pain. <laughs> pain. Yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna absolutely scalp them because it's it's overdue. Um, you know, we uh, we Ian Beale has poked the bear with his uh with his comments about you know how he thinks that he's on the they're on the same level as Celtic and all this nonsense. Um, 
And uh, I think that we just need to go out and give them a pummeling and remind them why we are number one and they are and always shall be number twos. There you go. So um, I'm going to predict. Uh, I think we'll beat them 5 1. The cup final, that would be tremendous, I've got to say. Lawrence, we prediction from your good self. You've already predicted the team. So I, I think. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think we're going to win. I think, despite the best efforts of the star men, Nick Walsh and Co., we will be able to overcome them. And I, I'm thinking for now. All right, so we've got. Um, so Japanese was going to miss the penalty then. We've got 5 <laughs> 1 and 4 0. James? I'm going to go a bit safer. I'm going to go 2 1 Celtic. 2-1 Celtic. Michael thinks it'll be 3-2. We've got a 4-1 coming in from Dermot Celtic um, Rabito. Uh, there is a lot of confidence uh, flowing through the comment section and I love to see that. Let's see if that can come to fruition on Sunday. We'll be here every day up until that moment. Um, if you like what we do, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are giving away a pair of tickets to the Armadillo on the 12th of May. It's the 25th anniversary of us winning the league under Vimeo. Jansen, there's a big night uh, happening up there. Two VIP tickets have not yet been claimed by uh, Brassneck. Uh, we're giving away two VIP tickets if he doesn't claim them, he or she doesn't claim them, um, to a lucky subscriber. So we do have all those tickets to give away. I'm going to have some signed uh, material as well next week, maybe from my meeting with Martin O'Neill, and we'll give that away as well. I've got a tremendous fully signed squad signed Republic of Ireland jersey. I'm going to get Martin O'Neill to add his signature to that as well from his time as manager and uh, we'll display it here and then we'll give it away to one of the subs. So get subscribing on the channel and if you want to come and see us live and you've not been able to get a ticket for McClare, Boyd, O'Neill or McGrain, come and see us with Alan Thompson. Ticket link is underneath this video. Thank you everybody for getting involved. Oh. 700 strong and we'll also have another event Lawrence yes. wants to chip in. Yeah. Lawrence Just has already divided opinion today, but he's going to make it all worthwhile. Yeah. What, are you, what are you telling us? I could say Saturday, the 18th, mate. Mm -hmm. Double Tree Hilton, Glasgow Central. Celtic Captain's Night, hosted by Peter Martin. You'll have Danny McGrain, Tom Boyd, Roy Aiken, and a few teammates. Should be a cracking night. It should be a cracking night. The captain's event will be taking place and we'll share all that on the socials as well. Lawrence Conley. All that's left for me to say is Lawrence, Liam and James, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.